Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you have in store for us. Lord, uh, I just want to thank you for what you did last night. You are amazing and you are so fun. Lord, I thank you for ministering angels that are here, your Holy Spirit, and that your presence is in this building. Lord, I ask that your glory would fill every room of this building, not just the Vineyard Church, but every room of this building, Lord, that you would have your way. Father, that you would come in power and might. Lord, today I ask again that you would release revelation knowledge and wisdom as we look at your word and what it, what it has for us as far as healing, restoration, and your goodness. So, Father, we dedicate today to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'd like to start off with testimonies. And because <laughs> in the 10 years that I've been doing this, I've never had one whole roll get healed at a time. And that sure would speed things up. <laughs> And like I said last night, we've been doing this for 10 years, and no two Monday nights have ever been the same. No two schools that we've ever done have been the same. And so it was the first time ever that, that you know, God just moved down the row, and so your row's next, you know, <laughs> and we'll get around the room. But I would like, if you would, you, would you stand up and share what you felt, what happened, where you're at today, how you're doing? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And then he just kept going down the row. So, yep, you're next. Well, when I'm praying, I, um, this is great. But I, I have still a little pain, and so I don't know how, what to do about that. So, I'm here. Pray again. Yeah, pray again. That's what we're learning. And so, we've learned so much here, and it's been great. And just, but I can feel on this side of the hand, and so it's just this side now. And so, yeah. What was wrong with your hand? Okay. How long have you had that? Okay. Alrighty. So we're gonna just we're just we'll just pray again. Okay. And then and then clear down on the end if you would share with what happened.
And then, and then it was. And then, but then I was writing. I was writing in the journal as this was going on, and uh, I was thinking, and I was actually doing like a percentage thing in my head, and it kept getting better. And I was like, I think it's 99 percent. And I go, nope, it's 100. And then this morning, I, and, I, and I've been pushing on it, like, okay, because I, I wasn't able to even touch my knuckles. Uh huh. Okay. It's 100% today? Oh, yeah, it's 100%. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's fine. Anybody else get anything last night? Did anybody have any? Oh, go ahead. This is so fun. Well, we just saved you $10,000, so, you, you know. Thank you, Jeezy. <laughs> oh, no, let's not go there. Awesome. And then we prayed for your neck last night. And tell us what happened. Okay. So, 
we can pray again, or we will pray again. Yeah. And don't sit down, we're going to pray again. <laughs> and, but, you know, that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon to where, you know, because we ask you how you're feeling, and last night you were fine. Right. And you could move your head, and there was nothing, no pain, yeah. everything was good. But then that pain comes back. Well, that's not his pain. Right. Okay, Jesus paid the price for that pain. So, you know, you, you have to take a stand and go, that's not my pain. I'm not going to have tendonitis anymore. You know, my hand is going to get better, you know, and, and those type of things. And if that pain left and you were fine while you were here, that doesn't mean that your healing is just good for here. That healing goes with you wherever you go. Okay, you carry that healing. All right? And so, but it's not uncommon for the to try to come back. Try to come, and, you, and that's where you take a stand and you refuse it. I'm not accepting this pain. This is not my pain. Jesus healed me of this pain. And then, and, and then some, some people would say, some people will say you're in denial. And that's right. You're denying that pain's ever going to come back. All right? So, Father, we thank you for this amazing man of God. We thank you for this pastor. And, Lord, I know that you heal the stupid things we do. And I know he's learned never to put dog food on his head again. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command these muscles to be at peace. I command them to be at peace. Lord, that you would release the shalom peace of God in his head and down his back. Father, that you would do whatever it takes to bring these vertebrae back into perfect alignment and these discs back into perfect alignment. Father, we bless all these muscles to hold these things together. Lord, that, that you would continue to increase the blood flow because there's healing in the blood, there's life in the blood. And Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare that he is free from that pain, that he is healed in Jesus' name. Lord, that he will have no more headaches. Father, that you will continue to, to lift off the stress and the burden of being a senior pastor. Lord, that you would restore his joy Restore his joy, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So how you doing now? Good. Good? Not, not, a, not perfect. Not perfect? Okay. There's a word, though, for the, and I'm getting the word, it's confession. I need to release the confession. Okay. So we need come, to come, come do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just speak to that compression and I say, you see me. Yes, hallelujah. You be released right now in Jesus' name. You be released. Ooh, hallelujah. Right now in Jesus' name. Compression, you have to go. Compression, you have to go. You cannot remain. Oh, hallelujah. God, we, right now we speak relaxation into that place where that compression has yes, just left. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. We
Thank you, Jesus. So, Pastor, I'm hearing that oppression is disguising itself. And okay. you need to tell it to go. Get off of me. I don't okay. want you. No place in yes. me. Yes, oppression. I Out do not here. receive you. <laughs> I reject you. I resist you. And I command you to go. In the name of Jesus, I don't receive your work against me anymore. In the name of Jesus, you must go. You're not welcome, you're evicted. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> and I have ridiculous joy, by the way. <laughs> that was another thing we prayed for last night. So, my, my great long-term memory here, what, what did you just kick out? Oppression? So, spirit of oppression, we command you to leave the building. You cannot stay in here. You cannot attach yourself to any of us. You can't even stay in this building. You must go. You must go to the dry and arid place now, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I just got to tell Gina one thing to encourage her. Oh, okay. So, like a month after this happened, the guy who's the manager of this building, uh, he's got this room downstairs, and he's got one of those things where you go in and it flips over. Yeah, and raising table. That was the way I could manage all the agents. So, I just want to encourage you all to see about it. All right. It is. There's so many things that happen when you're in pain. You're tense. You're frustrated. You're irritated. Um, you're, you know, you're grumpy. I mean, there's just so many different things that just start to, that just start, one starts spinning off of the other. Okay? So this was just a great example of how a healing room works. All right? Perfect. Is that, you know, um, we have, we have uh, like I said last night, 35, 40 volunteers that help us at the healing rooms, and they're not all there on a Monday night. There are some nights we have six or seven, and it's like, okay, Lord, how are you going to do this? But then there's times when we, have, we could have four healing teams, 
healing room teams, and there's times when we could have two prophetic teams all at the same time. That's a glorious night. I love those nights. But it's not, all, it's not the Tom and Jana show by any means whatsoever. Everybody brings a piece of the puzzle. Okay? And, uh, and that's exactly what we saw. I mean, you got the word about compression. And so what? That's your word. You come up and share it. You know? And, and then it just, it just goes from there. And then I just back out of the way and let God do what he wants to do because it's not about me. It's about him. It never has been about me. You need to know that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a great scholar. I am, you know, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to the seminary. You know what? I am an ordinary guy. And the fun thing about this ministry is God is looking for ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I thought to myself, when I heard that, I finally qualify for something. <laughs> it's not about me. You know what? I would rather, and, and if we have a, a, a large group of volunteers show up on a Monday night, I won't even be on a team. They came, they wanted to minister, they want to, re, they want to pour out, I'll, you know, it's, let them pour out. The healing rooms in Loveland, to me, it, it has to be a safe place where we can come and learn and grow and we all don't pray the same. We all don't go to the same church. And we all have something that we can learn from each other. And so every piece is vital. And the other thing that we'll see in the healing rooms on a Monday night is undoubtedly if you've had something in your life that you've been struggling with. Um, let me say uh, you, went through a, you went through a nasty divorce and... and you know, it's just been really extremely tough. And you're on my team that night. The Lord will bring in people that are going through nasty divorces or have gone through nasty divorces. And, and that person will just have to minister and minister because they've been there. They know what's going on. They know what's happening. They have felt that. It could be you've had knee surgery. And there may be three people that come in that night that, that are headed towards knee surgery. You know, and, and so the Lord will take you into that room. Whatever room... You're in. And because I believe you, you sow in the direction you want to go. And so if you need healing in an area, that's what you want to pray for. But the Lord will bring those people into that room so they can pray that you would be completely healed and restored from whatever you're dealing with. That they would be completely healed and restored and have you pray for it because you're going to receive that as well. Okay, there was a time... Of, uh, a few years ago that, that I needed a job. I was out of work. I was on unemployment. And, and uh, so people that came in that wanted prayer for a job, it's like, I'll pray for them. I volunteer to pray for them. And I would pray that they get a job, but not just any job, that they get a perfect job, a job close to home where they wouldn't have to drive, a, a job that would fit their, their giftings and their talents, um, a job where they wouldn't have to buy a bunch of brand new clothes to, to go to work. I mean, you know, that's probably more of a, a woman thing than it is a guy thing. But uh, a job that they would love and enjoy. But then I would also pray that it would have amazing benefits. That it would pay a stupidly large amount of money with bonuses. I mean, not just enough to get by, but a just <laughs> stupid amount of money that you would never ask for or believe for. You know what? Because that's what we need to be doing. It's the same way in healing. But I would pray for those people. And, and you know, I, I, I've got a job and, you know, uh, 
it's a job. It's, it's where I'm supposed to be right now, and I understand it. Does it pay a stupidly large amount of money? No. But it's coming. But anyway, you'll, you'll see the Lord bring people across your path that you've dealt with things and you pray with that because you're going to receive part of that healing. Okay? Any questions about last night? Yes? Sure. Sure. Awesome. And you know, if you read the scriptures, if you keep reading in those in that in that in that chapter, keep reading down in that chapter, it does say that even when I am sick, I will still praise the Lord. Okay? So people have just jumped right over that messenger and went right and tied sickness to that. And and that's not what it was. Okay? And so, you know, this stuff about well, we need to carry the cross. I'm carrying my cross. You know, what you're basically saying, in my opinion, is that what Jesus did wasn't good enough. And you've got to bear a cross. You've got to suffer for Jesus. And in my opinion, that's just wrong. He paid the price. And so you don't have to carry a burden. You don't have to, you don't have to live with sickness and disease. You don't have to be poor for Jesus. Um... You don't have to suffer because he paid the price. He, and he paid a high price. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. You know, they don't. You know, if you go back and you read in that story about John G. Lake, the Congress back then rated Spokane, Washington, the, he the, the healthiest city in the United States. And doctors uh, were, and hospitals were trying to run him out of town because he was destroying their business. They would go to John G. Lake and get prayed for and healed for free, and, and they wouldn't have to go to the doctor. They wanted him gone, okay? Today in Spokane, Washington, there is a children's hospital about, it can't be more than a mile, maybe three-quarters of a mile from the headquarters of the healing rooms. And now... Children's Hospital pays their doctors and nurses to go to the healing rooms and take classes like this and find out what the healing rooms are doing because the healing rooms are seeing things happen that they can't do at Children's Hospital. That's amazing. And that's powerful. And I would totally agree that you mix, you mix the presence and the power of God with healing, what the Lord has released to doctors and nurses, because they're awesome, and to put that together, and you have a, a very powerful type of thing. But a lot of people, um, they don't believe in healing. A lot of people um, are, are just full of doubt, 
full of, of uh, discouragement and they can't see past the storm. You know, so it's it's a combination of things. But um, if you're an ordinary person like I am, you can do extraordinary things. All right. Anybody else? That's great. Yes, ma'am. Some healings are, are instantaneous, bam, they're healed. Pain's gone, they can bend over, they can do whatever, and some of it takes a little bit longer. Why? I'm not sure. Some, some people have been sick for so long, it's become their identity. And, and the Lord, as, as kind and as loving as he is, is not just going to strip that identity away. You, you, you peel it off a layer at a time. And, and then after after an amount of time, that they, they'll be completely restored. Some people, believe this or not, don't want to be healed. Okay? Some of them, uh, you know, uh, and I've not run into very many of them, but, uh, you know, they, you know, they learn to deal with their infirmity and, and they don't want to be healed, and some of them may be uh, labeled or um, disabled, and if they get healed, then they'd have to go to work. It's the same way with being uh, being oppressed. Some people like their demons. Sad as it is, but it's true. And they don't want them to leave. At that point, there's nothing you can do. You just have to bless them and let them go. Okay? Page 24. Why did Jesus heal the sick? He regarded his healing of the sick as proof that he was the awaited Messiah. And you'll find the references to those off there to the right. Proof that he had authority on earth to forgive sins. Evidence to others that the kingdom of God was at hand. Evidence of the love of God. Evidence of the power of God. And one of the primary aids to evangelism by his disciples. They have a thing now they call power evangelism. Oh, 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 oh power evangelism where you go out on treasure hunts. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Okay? And, um, and you, you offer, you know, you, you seek people out with what the Lord has given you through words of knowledge, and you um, say, you know, hey, um, we'd like to, we're, we're in this class, and we'd like to give you an encouraging word. Is that okay? We're learning about hearing, hearing the voice of God, and we were wondering if we could just share with you. And then somebody will get a word that somebody's been struggling with a knee or a foot or whatever, and they pray for that person. And 
and that person is, is, gets an encouraging word and it's healed at the same time and, and then they believe that, wow, you know, there is a God. You know, or they have fallen away, but God has shown that he still loves them. Cautions. Never minister without the Holy Spirit. Never, ever, ever. Never take credit for healings that the Father has done. Never minister without love. And always be as clean as you can be so that God can use you. And what I mean by that is, is come prayed up. You know, before, before we open the healing rooms every Monday night, we gather as a team and we hold hands and we, and we pray. I ask the Father to, you know, release the ministering angels. I thank Him for His presence in the building. And I ask Him to wash us with His blood and cleanse us from the busyness of the day and the stuff that we've picked up. That we would be, that we would be clean from our own sins whatever, that when we minister, we connect with God to the power source, and then we put our hands on these people that come in, that conduit is completely open and completely clear that all of his power and all of his glory will flow right through us and into that person. Okay? That's what I mean by as clean as you can be. Every time that I've ministered out of my flesh, it's been a total disaster. You know, people come in, and there are people that come in that, you know, you know their history, you know what's going on, and you know what they need. You're going to pray what they need. Not what the Father wants to give them, what you want to give them. <laughs> and I've prayed that way, and it's been a disaster. And I've done in 10 years, I did it three times, right towards the beginning, and I promised the Lord I would never do it again. Okay? So let's move on to, oh, I don't have that. Okay. The power of words and blessings. And um, this, is, this is huge. This is, um, this is extremely important. And, and I will show you as we go along. Power of words and blessings. The, the word is seed. In Luke 8.11 tells us that the seed is the word of God. And in Mark 4, 13, Jesus told us we must understand the parable of the sower before we would understand any other parable. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, a lot of people look at this and think, well, this is dealing with money. Not necessarily. You know, it's just like I said, if, if you need something that you, in, in your life, and you want to sow seed in that direction, it could be money, but it could also be health. It could also be blessings. It could, it could be a lot of different things. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7b, God loves a cheerful giver. Be, care, be very careful not to corrupt your seed with your words. And then the question is, what kind of seeds are you sowing with your words? Now, in your, in your packet, you, there at the bottom, it says, my harvest and there's a, there's a big empty square there. That's your field that you're going to plant in. And so the question is, is what are you planting? When we first got into the healing room ministry, of course, I wanted to see, I wanted to see uh, healings, but I also needed more faith. But I'm smart enough to know that you can't plant corn and get wheat. 
and you can't plant wheat and corn at the same time. I'm not a farmer, but I am that smart. You can't, you know, and, and I don't care what it is, you can't plant cucumbers next to uh, strawberries or the cucumbers will choke it out or something like that. You just don't do it. So I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I only have one field. And he said, take and subdivide your field. So I usually have, and I didn't even think about this, I usually have a, a whiteboard here. And so take and draw a couple of lines in your field there. And so if you subdivide that field, in one section you can plant healing. In another section you can plant faith. In another section, what would you plant? Feel this. What, what would you plant in your field? Prosperity. What else? Love. What else? Freedom. What else? We're going to be here all day. Joy. Patience. Finances. Money. All the fruits of the Spirit. That's what you can sow. The one thing that, that a lot of people don't think of that you can sow, it's real easy, and, and I really have a great time doing it, is uh, you can sow smiles. You can sow smiles. I don't know about, and I'm sure you have, but you probably won't admit to it. You've been outside, or you, you've been somewhere, and you th see somebody drive by that you think you know, and you go, hey, how you doing? And then when they drive by, you realize it wasn't who you thought. <laughs> and you feel really stupid. But they waved back. And they're going, I don't think I know that guy. <laughs> I love going to the store. And I just, you know, I smile at everybody I see. You know, you walk down the aisle, you smile at people. And they will smile back. And it's... it's Interesting to think how important a smile could be to you on any given day. Uh, I used to work in the construction field, and um, on a construction site, you know, there, there are a lot of Mexican nationals, and they're treated horrendously bad. And a lot of them won't make eye contact with you because, you, you know, they're out, of, out of history, they know that it wouldn't probably be good. But I was walking into this construction, this building site one day, and, and I was walking into the building, and there was this, uh, this uh, Mexican man coming out of the building, and, and for some reason he looked up, and I was just smiling at him from ear to ear, and I said, hello, and he walked right into the door. It caught him so off guard. But you know, you've sown time, and you have sown energy, and you have sown money, and you have cooked a meal for somebody that needed it or you have given somebody a ride, or you may have helped somebody move. You know, it depends. You have all sown that kind of seed, and that's all seed. And so those are the types of things that would be in here. So the question is, are you, are you, uh, are you planting fear or faith, love or hate, life or death, blessings or curses, health or sickness? What's coming out of your mouth is what you're planning. Page 26. If somebody would read Leviticus 19.19. 19.
Okay. And Leviticus 27.30, please. Okay. They are holy to the Lord. Don't ever give up on a seed sown. You may have sowed a seed 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 days ago. Don't give up on that seed. Just because you haven't seen anything come of that seed, you may not even expect anything from that seed. But, you know, just because seeds don't come up in a short amount of time, that doesn't mean that the farmer goes out and digs it up to see what happens. You know, that would be a little ridiculous. Psalm 20, uh, 3. May he remember your offering and regard it with favor, your burnt sacrifices. And then it says selah, out probably in the, in the margin there. And selah means to think about it. Think about the seed that you've sown. Remember what God has done. A lot of us look at what God isn't doing instead of looking at what God is doing. We're focusing on the wrong thing. The word is food. If somebody would read Matthew 13, 23, please. plant it in good soil. I'm going to say every one of you is great soil. You know, I mean, how much better soil can you get than a, than a senior pastor? I mean, that's like a that's like a for sure thing right there. You know that seed's going to grow, you know, and it's going to grow fast and it's going to grow strong and and the roots are going to go deep. Um the interesting thing is one who hears and bears fruit yields in one case a hundredfold in 160 and in 130 why would there be different yields anybody have any ideas why there would be different yields okay hmm? <laughs> there's plenty of that in this world <laughs> go ahead If you plant seeds and if you planted ten seeds and all ten came up, that would be would that be a hundredfold? Sure. If you plant five million seeds and and one million came up, be a whole lot less. How many times do we plant seeds and then we turn right around and we pour poison on them or Roundup on them? Okay. There was a time I remember very distinctly. Uh, we started tithing when we were younger. And and we would get home and, and we get, we you know Jana would write out the check and and we'd give it to the church and we never thought much about it until we got home, and then she would say, and I would agree I'm not putting this all on her, because she's sitting here. <laughs> okay, don't spend any money. We're going to be poor the rest of the week. We just killed our seed. We just killed our seed. Okay. Um, and we do that with healing. You know, you could pray for somebody and you could turn right around and go, boy, I don't know if that's going to work or not. I just don't know if they were ready, you know, that type of thing. You just killed your seed. 
And so, you know, I am not a farmer. I don't think I am motivated enough to be a farmer. But if I was a farmer, I'd be out walking that field all the time. I would be blessing that, that ground all the time. And I'd be thanking the Lord for that seed and for the sun and for the rain. Even if it's not raining, for the rain that's coming. You have to water that seed. Even, if, even uh, you know, in praying for people, you want to water that seed. A lot of times when somebody comes into the healing rooms, uh, not just for me, but we've talked about this a lot with our teams, that we won't get a release from praying for that one specific person until maybe Thursday or Friday. So from, fr- from Monday night until Friday, the Lord will keep bringing that person up. And, we, and, and you, just, you just keep praying for them and, and, and asking the Lord to intervene and, and to bring angels across their path and things like that. I think that's why there's a difference of yields there. The word is life. If somebody would read John 5, 24, please. Amen. And Proverbs 4.10. Okay. You know, so far we've, we've read words about, about faith, and we've read words about trust, and, you know, we're going to read words about healing, and all that is seed that's going into you. And so you need to, re- you need to receive that, and you need to, to water that. And you will live longer and not let stress and burdens and depression and what's going on in the world weigh you down because our God is greater. I don't, care what the, I don't care what the problem is. I don't care what's going on. God still sits on the throne. Yeah, extreme ridiculous joy. It's true. It's you know interesting that you know I'm, I'm trying to think back. I don't think I was ever a sickly person, but since we've been teaching healing and praying for healing, I just don't get sick very much anymore. But when I do, you know, I'm I'm down, but it's not very long, and I get up and keep going. I don't miss very many days worth of work. And I'm not saying that to be bragging or arrogant. That's just a fact. You know, you start to uh, bless your spirit. You start to, to live this. And, and it's become a lifestyle that that's just the way it is. You know, there's no reason that you have to get sick and then die. You can just die when it's your time. You know, I remember uh, hearing uh, Jesse Duplantis talk about one lady uh, came up to him and told him that she was really mad at him. She was like 85 years old, and, and, um, and she was ready to go home and be with Jesus. And she goes, and I can't because of you. And he goes, why? Because of me. She goes, because every time I get sick, you pray for me and I get well. <laughs> and he goes, you don't have to get sick and die. You can just, just you know what, you just talk with the Lord and you know, decide when, when the time is between you and God. And so... So she said, okay. So she went home, and a few weeks later, she contacted her family, and she said, on this day, at this time, I'm going to go be with Jesus. And they go, oh, no, Grandma, don't do that. No, you don't want to do that, you know. And she goes, this is, yeah, she goes, this is what I want to do. And so she decided when that was, and she sat in her rocker, and she went to be with the Lord, and, 
and she wasn't sick at all. So that's kind of interesting. What are some words you would use to describe yourself? I want you to be really honest here. What kind of words would you use to describe yourself? You can't describe your wife or your husband if they're here. How would you describe yourself? Compassionate? Okay. Hmm? Giving? Good. You're also humble. Positive? Okay. Good. Okay. How many of you in this room would admit that you're too hard on yourself? Okay, almost everybody's hand went up. You're too hard on yourself. You know, if you're too hard on yourself and, and, and you keep pushing yourself and you're trying to uh, achieve that perfection level, get over it. It's not going to happen. I release you from that perfectionism right now. You know what? You don't have to be perfect. God loves you just the way you are. We have a book in the back, and, and I'm going to share some books with you later. That um, There's a book back there on how to minister to specific diseases. Actually, there's two books. There's one from the Healing Rooms, and there's a big, thick one by uh, uh, Henry W. Wright. And what they have gone through is he's gone through and he's looked at different diseases and what causes them uh, in the natural, what causes them in the spiritual. And, and under arthritis, it says self-hatred. Now, that's pretty strong. And, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at somebody and go, you deal with self-hatred, don't you? No, I wouldn't do that. But I would ask, are you hard on yourself? Same thing. And you know what? If you keep that up and you keep striving for something that, you know, is maybe not obtainable, that's that, that being hard on yourself all the time is going gonna, is gonna to come out in physical ways. And if you look at a lot of things that we deal with, they're going to come out in physical manifestations. And it's a spiritual problem that you can be released from. Just saying. You need to learn how to start blessing yourself and blessing each other. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. The word is healing. If somebody would read Proverbs 4, 20 and 23. Okay, the Hebrew Hebrew word there for healing or healing is in verse in verse twenty two is a medicine, a cure, or deliverance. My child, be attentive to my words, and listen, and incline your ears to my saying, which is basically saying read the Bible. Okay, that's where his word is. It's in the Bible. It's in the book. Incline your ears to my sayings. You know what? Read it out loud, and read it slow. 
You know, I have nothing against reading the Bible through in a year, but it's, it's, it's almost too fast. You're not getting what the Holy Spirit wants. Take your time, sit down with your Bible, open it anywhere because it's all good, and ask the Lord to show you revelation from what you're reading. And don't leave that scripture until you've got everything you think that the Lord has for you. And then when you think you have it all, the Holy Spirit's going to take that and he's just going to twist it a little bit and it's going to mean something new and something fun. Because that's who he is. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Which is basically, you know what, don't put your Bible on the shelf. Don't put your, your syllabuses on the shelf from all the classes that you've gone to. Keep them out where you can see them. And, and keep reading it over and over and over. When, when this healing room thing hit me, we went and we bought training CDs that Cal Pierce, the, the uh, director of the healing rooms, had made. And I sat and I just watched them five or six times in a row because I wanted it to go from head knowledge to heart knowledge. I had to know that I know that I know what he said and understand that. And I got it down into my heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. And then the word was God. In John 1, 1, in John 1, 1, the beginning was the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, the Word was with God, and the, and the Word was God. You can't say that fast. The Word was flesh. John 1, 14a, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. And then there are the power of the words. Genesis 1, God said, God created everything with a word. And God blessed in, in Genesis 1.28. If somebody would read Matthew 8.8. 8. Okay, if you just send the word, his daughter would be healed. Last night we read a scripture where it says, in Jesus, and Jesus healed them all with a word. What was the word? Man, if we could get it down to one word, we could whip people through the healing rooms just like that. I was reading my Bible one time and I read that, and then on the opposite page, there was one word that was in red, and in the word was Go. He told, I believe he told sickness to go, get out. And I think that was the word. Sometimes we prayed way too long and way too flowery for healing. It shouldn't take that long. But you know what? Some people need that. Some people are real lonely and, and some people come to the healing rooms because they haven't talked to anybody all week because they, they live alone and they just want to spend time with people. And who else would you want to spend time with than people that are going to love you and pour into you and make you the center of attention for 20 minutes? I would take that even when I'm not lonely. <laughs> Proverbs 18.21, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. 
and then our words. If somebody would read James 3, 8 through 10, please. Okay. The definition of a blessing, a benediction, invocation of good, to praise, to, to celebrate with praise, to consecrate a, th a thing in prayer, to ask God's blessing on a thing, to ask God to bless it to one's use. God's blessing is to prosper and make happy. He wants to bestow his blessings on people to shower them with favor of God that they may acknowledge that they are blessed by God. Somebody read Genesis 1.28, please. Okay. That is what we lost in the fall. Okay? That's when we lost in the fall. But when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, coming up from the depths of hell with the keys of salvation and 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 he brought back the keys of that dominion. All that's been restored. That we are blessed and that we are to multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over fish of the sea and fowl of the air and over, the, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. That is our dominion. That is who we are. That is what we have back. It's taken the church centuries to just figure out that, you know what, we've got salvation. And here we are now, today, trying to battle that, that, that healing happened at the cross. We haven't even gotten close to dominion over all the other stuff. But we do. I mean, I, I don't know. You, uh, YouTube can be amazing. And, and I have seen things on YouTube where a, a tornado is coming at somebody's house and they stand there and they start yelling at the tornado in the name of Jesus that it won't hit their house and that tornado lifts up and goes over their house and comes back down on the other side. It, their place was saved. I know uh, Kenneth Copeland told a story one time that he was flying in his plane with his brother-in-law and it, they were headed towards a big thunderstorm flying into, into Dallas and, um, and it would take him a long time to go around that storm and he, they didn't have the fuel so he started to rebuke that storm in the name of Jesus and the thing just dissipated and it just freaked his brother-in-law out. And he got out of the plane and he told Gloria that he can even kill storms, you know. You have that same thing. If somebody would read Genesis 12, 2 and 3, please. That's your blessing. That's your blessing. And we all know the story of Esau and Jacob, how Jacob 
stole Esau's blessing and what he did. And I thought, what is, what, a blessing must be a pretty powerful thing if you're willing to steal for it. It must be pretty huge. So what was the blessing? And you find the, the, the blessing in verse 28 and 29 in Genesis 27. If somebody would read that. Amen. That's your blessing. That's yours. But you don't walk in it because you don't think you're worthy. You don't think you're good enough. But it's yours. He gave it to you. And I'll prove it to you. In Galatians 3.14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through, Christ, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promises of the Spirit through faith. That right there says it's your blessing. So now I'm telling you that you have dominion over everything in the air and on the sea and on the ground. That's yours. You've been blessed that you'll never run out of wine, something to drink, or something to eat. You'll have plenty of corn. If you go back and look at Deuteronomy, I believe it's 28, all the blessings if you follow my commandments, if you do what I ask you to do, I will bless you in at least almost a whole page. That's all yours. I mean, he'll even bless your animals. By the way, we pray for animals at the healing room. We had a lady two weeks ago brought in a dog that had cancer, and she loved that dog. It was, it was all she had. Ah, we'll pray for your dog, because if it, if it means a lot to you, it means a lot to the Lord. That is your blessing. But, you know, we talk about the power of words. And, and what I'm going to do here is I want to combine the deliverance portion with the power of your words. Okay? Now, people freak out when you start talking deliverance, and you really shouldn't because it's not Hollywood. It's not. I'm sorry. There's no, we're not going to spin any heads today, and, and nothing is going to go flying across the room. They did. They did, and that's exactly what we do. You know, we deal with a lot of stuff. You deal with, you know, you deal with stress and strife. You deal with shame, and you deal with guilt. And you may have been carrying shame and guilt for a long, long time. Fear is huge. Uh, abandonment, rejection, rebellion. Unforgiveness is probably the number one cause or, or demonic oppression that there is, is unforgiveness. Um, death, addiction, all those things are not from God. You know what? You'll never convince me they are. You never saw God put, Jesus put any of that on anybody. But yet we still struggle with it every day. Um, controlling spirit, which some people call a Jezebel spirit. We've seen churches split over that. We've seen businesses split over that. Um, all these things are, are from Satan. And, and therapists, psychiatrists, counselors will all help you deal with it. They'll help you deal with it to get through life. 
I don't want to help you deal with it. I want you to get rid of it. Peer pressure. Um, I think I said depression. I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, there's a book in the back. It's called Pigs in the Parlor. It's a classic book written by Frank and Ida May Hammond long, long time ago. Some, some people hate that book. Some people love that book. And some people think that book is outdated. But it is an amazing book if you deal with those types of things. And it'll, you know, it'll walk you through it. And, and demons and things like that come in groupings. Like I said, off of, off of uh, unforgiveness, a lot of different things will come out of you know, anger, rage, uh, hatred, uh, death. I mean, we'll all just spawn off of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like a, a, a poison that you would drink thinking it's going to hurt the other person, and it's only affecting you. That's what unforgiveness is. And, and it's really easy to get rid of. And there was a song not too long ago. It's what everybody needs, but it's the hardest thing to do. I don't remember who sang it, but it was, I mean, it's so, it's so true. But there are spirits that have come through an open door to your spirit for some reason. Um, and a spirit of trauma, whenever you have a surgery or whenever you're in a car accident or something catches you like that, that door is open to your spirit and those things can, can come and go. Um, the, spirit, the, the reference for that is Ephesians 6.12. It's like our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities, authorities of this dark world, and against the forces of evil in heavenly places. Okay? Um, there's another reference I want to read to you as well. But anyway, what it is... Oh, I know where it's at. Matthew 12, 29. And I'm looking at page 44. How can you enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless you first bind the strong man? And then we'll, plun uh, we'll plunder his house. We all have stuff. Okay? We all deal with stuff. We've all picked up stuff along the way. Stuff that we really don't want, but it's there. And stuff that we're not proud of, and stuff that we'd like to get rid of. And, and those things could be, you know, like what the next 13, or the 13th things there, strong men of the Bible, jealousy, lying, familiar, perversion, heaviness, whoredom, infirmity, deafness, deaf and dumb, fear, pride, haughtery, bondage, Antichrist, Jezebel. All those things are spirits that we... But more on a day-to-day -day basis, let's talk about the frustration that we have when we don't feel good. And uh, yeah, uh, I could pick on anybody. I'll pick on you. You know, when, you're, when your arm's in a sling and, and your arm hurts so bad, you just can't do anything with it. And we say things like, oh, I wish this stupid arm would just fall off. I don't, if I'm not going to be able to use it, just get rid of it, you know, or you're frustrated because your leg doesn't work the way it should, and you have a tough time um, cleaning house or cooking or whatever it is, 
or your, your, your neck hurts and you're up all night, you can't get the sleep and the rest that you need, or you know, you're supposed to lead praise and worship and give an encouraging sermon on Sunday and you're in so much pain you can't hardly stand it. Sometimes we bless our, our bodies and sometimes we curse them. Oh, this stupid leg. Oh, this stupid neck. When is it ever going to get it? Da, 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 da. You're cursing your body. On the flip side, you're getting rid of those frustrations and things. And it's just exactly what, they, what, what Pastor Jay did earlier. I will lead people through a prayer of deliverance. I'll ask them how long, how long you've been dealing with this and, and what's been going on and what are the manifestations. And then the Lord just downloads me. And as they're standing there talking or the rest of my team is praying, I'm taking notes. And I'm listing all the different critters, demons, that people have. Okay, Some of them have a long list. Some of them don't have a long list. And where am I getting this information? I'm listening to, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. So as I'm praying, I'm listening at the same time. Because somebody will pray something while you're in, in the room, and that, that word will be highlighted. It'll jump at you, out at you, and you go, oh yeah, that's what that is. And so we, I, I make my list, and I say, and then I'll ask them, okay, you ready to get rid of this? And they'll say, yeah. And I go, are you sure you're ready to get rid of this? And they'll go, yeah, I want to get rid of this. It's like, okay, then, let's do this. You can just repeat after me. Spirit of fear, get out of my life and get out of my body now in Jesus' name. And we just start going down the list, and I'm just checking them off as we go. Spirit of shame, get out of my life and get out of my body now in Jesus' name. And usually while I'm doing this, I mean, this person in front of me is, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff. I'm smiling at them because I know they're getting free. And it seems so simple, but it so works because the power of your words, the power of your words, there are things like you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Lord says, ask for it. What else do you want? Ask for it. God created the world. He spoke it into existence. God loves to hear the sound of your voice. He loves it. I know people that have gotten their prayer language and, and they're just sitting there going, oh, I don't know if it's me, I don't know if it's the flesh. If, go with it. God loves to hear that. You know, People who used to sing and, and they just can't sing anymore, they had something happen and Satan's trying to steal their voice. Don't let that happen. Tell it, to, tell it to get out. And so we just go down the list. Spirit of anger. Spirit of jealousy. Spirit of lust. Spirit of rebellion. Spirit of addiction. Get out of my life. Which means get out of my house. Get out of my job. Get out of my car. Get out of my surroundings. And get out of my body now in Jesus' name. And it's, it's so much fun to see people's continents change. We pray with our eyes open. Okay, in the healing rooms, you pray with your eyes open. And a lot of people, you know, they come up to pray and all of a sudden they close their eyes. You don't want to close your eyes for several different reasons. One is you want to look at those people and see what God's doing. Because it's fun. Their continents change. They, their color gets better. They, they, just, they start to almost glow. They just feel lighter. The other thing is, is some of them tend to 
fall out in the spirit. Tend to get shaky. Some people call it faint, whatever. Their knees get wobbly, you know. I love these people. You know, they just don't really want to let go yet. Just go. We'll catch you, unless your eyes are closed. Jana could tell this story where they were praying for somebody, and all their eyes were closed, and all of a sudden they hear this thump. Nobody saw this person going down. And so that was not a good deal. So I'm constantly reminding people to pray with your eyes open so you can see what God is doing. Virginia, we have a, a lady that sits at our reception desk, and she's been there from the beginning, and, and I hope she lives forever. But she gets to see the people come in and heavy and beat up and just dragging and not feeling good and not smiling, and there's no gleam in their eye. And she, you know, she'll go out and talk to them. I know this has taken a long time, but it's so worth it. Stick with us, you know. The Lord has got something for you tonight. And she goes out and she visits with everybody that comes. And then they go into the room, and Virginia gets to see them as they come out. They come out with that gleam. They come out smiling. Excuse me. They come out looking different just because they had a time with God, just because they were fed into and, and, and they were blessed and they were released. Because they got rid of all that garbage that they've been carrying around that wasn't even theirs. But Satan convinced them that it was. For you people that are too hard on yourself, which is everybody in the room, who's, who do you think handed you that club to beat yourself with? Yeah, Jesus didn't hand you that club. Oh, buddy, if you just beat yourself a little harder, I'll love you someday. You just keep beating. And over here, Satan's sitting here laughing, going, look at him beat themselves. So we do a prophetic act. Give me the club. I want the club. Okay? You're not going to beat yourself anymore. That is a lie. Oh, a lying spirit. You know, sometimes we get rid of a lying spirit. I'm not saying that you're a liar. What I'm saying is, is that there's this CD, I'm upgrading, CD, I used to say tape, in your brain that Satan wants to play on high. Oh, you're no good. You're worthless. You'll never amount to anything. You're stupid. Oh, you miss that. You know, you're worthless. You're not a very good father. You're not a very good husband. You're not a very good wife. You're not a very good sister. And it just plays over and over and over. Oh, that mistake you made? Remember that mistake you made? Yeah, it's right here. So another prophetic act is we come against that lying spirit. We command it to go now in Jesus' name. And then that prophetic act is we eject it. We take it out. We throw it to the ground and we smash it. And we ask that the Lord would help you to take your thoughts captive because that's not your thoughts. That's not the thought that he has for you. The thought is that God's thoughts for you is that you are amazing. You are awesome. You are smart. You're intelligent. You're fun. You're cute. You're creative. You are loved. You are a blessing. And when you start to tell people things like that, you start to see the tears roll because they haven't heard that in a long time. But that's what God is saying about you. And that's what you need to hear. So in deliverance, what we, what we want to do is we want to get rid of that stuff. And it's really a, a really quick, it's a short interview just like healing. And you listen to the Lord in the healing rooms. I, I've been real fortunate, because I'm teachable, to hear God's voice and listen to what's going on at the same time. 
And, and so that's key. You have to have that touch of prophetic with the touch of healing to find out what's really going on. And it'll cut through a lot of stuff real fast. But you tell it to get out. Okay? Once those spirits are all out, we close the door that was open. Okay? It says, how can you plunder a man's house? You're a house. You're a building. You've got a front door. You leave the front door. None of you left your front door open this morning when you left. Because if you did, people would come in and out. They would go all the time. They would take whatever they wanted if they just didn't stay there and never leave, period. They've taken up residence. They like it there. They're feeding off of you. We kick them all out. We tell them to go. In Jesus' name, we shut the door. So now your house, if we've, we, if, when we clear out all that stuff, and I always ask them, is there anything else like that that needs to go? Any other thoughts that need to go? Let's get them out. Or if you think of them later, tell them to get out. We close the door, and we seal the door shut with the blood of Jesus, that no man and that no demon can open again. The only person that could open that door is you. Like that lady I told you last night that wanted to quit smoking. We shut that door. We sealed it. If she went out and smoked, she would have opened that door again. Satan is watching to see if that door is open or closed. He's checking you out all the time. The thing is, is that what are you going to do with the house? Here you are now. All that stuff is gone. You're a brand new house. And I don't know if you've ever moved into a brand new house or a brand new apartment. It's clean. There's nothing there. Okay? We seal the door shut, and now we ask the Holy Spirit to fill that house. Fill that house with joy. Lord, I want you to bring in the carpet of joy. I want you to paint the walls with peace. I want the appliances of, of healing. I want you to fill this house and with all the fruits of the Spirit. Fill this house up. Bring in the of, of faith. Fill this house up. We're, we're, we want the Holy Spirit to fill you up with that kind of stuff so there's no more room. Before it was full of all the other crud, Jesus had, you know, a little tiny area back in the back closet underneath the water heater. He was all cramped because of all this other garbage. Now we got rid of all that garbage, God can have his way. That's deliverance. It's that simple to get rid of it. Okay? A lot of you are smiling. Some of you are looking at me like, really? It's just that simple. It's not that hard. The thing is, is that it, that stuff will try to come back. So we tell people, you know what? Crank up the praise music. Get a little crazy at your house. Do a little dance step while you're vacuuming or whatever you're doing. Don't let that stuff come back in. You know, get connected with some people that, that will build you up instead of tear you down. You can take that stuff to your workplace. Real quick, you have a problem with somebody at work, you walk into your workplace, you start taking dominion back over the atmosphere in your workplace. Start praying over the building. Start praying over your cubicle. Start praying over your truck, whatever you do. Okay? And then you just start to bind whatever demonic force that you're dealing with out of that other person in your office that's giving you a hard time. All right? Lord, just bless them. Lord, I bind... I bind uh, any demonic spirit in that person 
And Lord, I ask that you would not let it manifest in my presence, but Lord, that you would fill them with peace today in Jesus' name. It'll change your atmosphere. We've had teachers come to us about special needs kids or just kids. They come in and they, they're attention-seeking, so they act up. Pray for your student this way as you see them coming across the, the, the playground. They won't have a chance. They don't even know. You don't have to lay hands on them. You don't have to get right in their face. You just have to say it loud enough because the power of your word. Lord, boom, that child will not manifest in my, my class today. And these teachers are starting to take back their classrooms. It's amazing. You can try it. The one thing is, is you better know your authority, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to spend a portion of time on your authority. I did not go out looking for a deliverance ministry. I don't think anybody in their right mind would go out looking for a deliverance ministry. All right, You need to know your authority, or you will get your lunch handed to you real fast. They say, oh, we give Satan too much credit. No, I'm not giving Satan too much credit, but I will tell you, you need to know your enemy to defeat him. And we need to start talking about what he's getting away with. Okay? Let's take 10 minutes. It's 10 after 10. We'll come back at 20 after 10.